This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Finland and Sweden secured the support of Turkey for their bids to join NATO, according to a statement by Finland's president. Turkey had opposed their membership on the grounds that they are home to Kurdish separatists, whom Turkey considers terrorists. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden's national security adviser said America would announce new military commitments to NATO this week, including more troops on the alliance's eastern flank. Jake Sullivan also said the country would add two destroyers to the four already stationed in Spain. A former White House aide testified that Donald Trump knew the mob of his supporters could turn violent when they gathered at the Capitol on January 6th last year. Cassidy Hutchinson, who worked for Mr. Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, told the House of Representatives committee investigating the insurrection that Mr. Trump tried to take the wheel of his limo from a Secret Service agent in order to meet the crowd at the Capitol. London's Metropolitan Police Force was placed under special measures by the British government's watchdog following a string of scandals, including the murder of Sarah Everard by a police officer. Other incidents include the strip search of a child and officers exchanging offensive messages. The force is now officially considered to be failing. Dame Cressida Dick, the former commissioner, resigned in February. A county judge in Texas temporarily blocked a total ban on abortions from taking effect in the state, allowing certain clinics to perform them until six weeks into the pregnancy. The reprieve will probably last just a few weeks pending litigation, however. Since the Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe v. Wade, total bans have come into force in at least six states with more to follow. Iran and Argentina applied to join the BRICS, a group of emerging economies composed of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Last week, the BRICS held a summit chaired by China, which sees the group as a rival to the West. Russia's foreign ministry said that the applications were proof that the West is failing to isolate its government following the invasion of Ukraine. Scotland's first minister, Nicola Sturgeon, named October 19, 2023, as the date for a second referendum on Scottish independence. In a speech to the Scottish Parliament, Ms. Sturgeon accepted that her plan will be subject to legal scrutiny by the Supreme Court. Scots rejected independence in 2014 by 55% to 45%. More recently, they would do so again by 51% to 49%, excluding don't knows, according to polling taken in March for The Economist by Savanta Camres. Ghislaine Maxwell, a former socialite, was sentenced to 20 years imprisonment by a judge in New York following her conviction last year of recruiting minors for sexual abuse by Jeffrey Epstein. Ms. Maxwell, aged 60, was also fined $750,000. The judge said the punishment was not, quote, in place of Epstein or as a proxy for Epstein. The disgraced financier died in jail in 2019 before standing trial. And fact of the day, 9%. The percentage of Americans who think that a pregnant woman should never be able to obtain a legal abortion. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Who will meet the world's demand for oil? It is increasingly difficult to blame soaring petrol prices on the machinations of the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, 
led by Saudi Arabia, the oil cartel tries to manage the world oil supply. On Wednesday, OPEC will gather virtually to discuss production quotas. On Thursday, it will do the same in an expanded group known as OPEC+, Plus, including a handful of other big producers of oil, notably Russia. More oil may help to ease prices. OPEC Plus has committed to boost output by almost 650,000 barrels per day in July and August, up from previously planned increases of roughly 400,000. In July, Joe Biden, America's president, will visit Saudi Arabia to plead for even more. But at the G7 summit on Monday, France's president, Emmanuel Macron, was overheard telling Mr. Biden that Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates the only two OPEC countries thought to have a lot of spare production capability are at, quote, maximum and, quote, don't have huge capacity, unquote. Vladimir Putin's first wartime trip abroad. Outside the West, most of the world has not picked a side in Russia's war on Ukraine. Yet Russia has a few real allies, which may explain why Vladimir Putin has not left his country since ordering the invasion in late February. On Wednesday, he will finally remedy that with a one-day visit to Tajikistan and Turkmenistan, two friendly ex-Soviet countries in Central Asia, followed by two days in Belarus. In Dushanbe, the Tajik capital, Mr. Putin will meet President Imomali Rahman, who has run his country for almost three decades. Mr. Rahman values Russian help against Islamists. Tajikistan hosts a Russian military base with about 7,000 troops. In Ashgabat, the capital of Turkmenistan, Mr. Putin will attend a summit of the five Caspian littoral countries, Russia, Azerbaijan, Iran, Kazakhstan, and Turkmenistan. Here, some relations are more complicated. President Qasem Jomart Takayev of Kazakhstan refuses to recognize the Russian-backed statelets in eastern Ukraine perhaps fearing his regime could face similar separatist unrest. Mr. Putin, who sent troops to prop up Mr. Tokayev during riots in January, is not pleased. Uproar over executions in Myanmar Myanmar's generals have no qualms about shedding blood. Since seizing power in a coup in February 2021, the army has killed at least 2,000 Burmese. Yet the junta has provoked particular outrage over its vow to hang four political prisoners. It has refused to say when exactly the executions will take place, but there is speculation that the executions are imminent. It will be the first time the death penalty has been used in Myanmar in more than 30 years. Two of those on death row are prominent democracy activists convicted of collaborating with a rival government formed by deposed MPs shortly after the coup. The other two were found guilty of killing military informants. That the junta is dusting off the gallows suggests the army feels obliged to ramp up its campaign of intimidation. Since the coup, as many as 100,000 Burmese have formed militias. They are growing better organized and gaining territory. But making martyrs of four rebels will do little to change that. Europe flirts with stagflation. Inflation is high and unemployment is at a record low. These should be signs that the Eurozone economy is overheating. Yet, it is not. For now, it remains caught between a strong reopening boom after the pandemic and uncertainty amid war in Ukraine and high energy prices. 
Most recent indicators have pointed to an economic slowdown. The European Commission's Business and Consumer Survey, due on Wednesday, is expected to do the same. Industrial indicators from Germany and Austria show a decline in new orders and business expectations. The threat of gas rationing is looming, notably in Germany. And although wage growth will pick up as workers demand compensation for rising prices, it is unlikely to keep pace with inflation. In July, the European Central Bank must decide how steeply to raise interest rates, demonstrating resolve against inflation while protecting growth and employment will require the most delicate balance. The History of Black Comedy A new documentary about the history of black comedy in America is released on Wednesday on A&E Networks. Right to Offend explores stand-up pioneers such as Moms Mabley, a vaudeville entertainer, Dick Gregory, and Richard Pryor, as well as more recent entertainers like Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, and Kevin Hart. The title refers to comedy's potential for subversion and controversy, as well as its importance in social justice movements. Some black comedians, such as the now-disgraced Bill Cosby, have steered clear of racial politics, focusing instead on issues common to all Americans. But, as talking heads in the program contend, for most African-American performers, comedy has always been entwined with politics. Gregory became a civil rights activist. Mr. Chappelle's Netflix special 8.46 is a reference to the period for which George Floyd suffocated under the knee of a white policeman. To reinforce their point, the filmmakers juxtapose footage of police violence with audio from stand-up routines. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday, which Christmas carol was based on a poem by Christina Rossetti, set to music by Gustav Holst? Tuesday, which actor formed one half of a double act with a performer whose real name was Arthur Stanley Jefferson? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, who was born on this date in 1900. Grown-ups never understand anything by themselves, and it is tiresome for children to be always and forever explaining things to them. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.